Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for January 6th, 2022. We're just a few days into 2022, and I've been teaching already this week how we should be intentional about the progress that the Father has ordained for us to walk in in this season. There's some things that God has already destined for 2022. God, God's already been through 2022, right? He knows what the end of 22 is supposed to be for us. So he plans some things out. Our, our job is to submit to those plans, to receive light in our eyes, to, to be connected with God through the Holy Spirit so that we can know what he already planned for us to have. So we can have the courage to go do what he's called us to do because he's going to call us to do things that we can't do without him so that we can have the courage and the faith to launch out, believe God, glory to God, but also so that we can have the restraint to not get out there ahead of God. So I have a lot to share with you in this morning. Let's get ready for the word. I want you to open up your heart to receive. As you can see, I changed that video, right? I changed the B-roll video. And uh, I know the other one was, was you know, had me preaching and all of that kind of stuff. But this one, I think, is more important. I, I needed you to get some things through your eye gate every morning, like dream God-sized dreams, like never give up, like, you know, believe God, all of that. And so as you're watching that and those things are getting through your eye gate, is getting down in your heart, is going to encourage you and build you up to be inspired to become the man, the woman that God has called you to be for such a time as this. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. So intentional progress is what I'm talking about for 2022. The title of today's message is Life Lessons from Jesus. Life Lessons from Jesus. I, I shared with you already uh, the last couple of days, these uh, six steps that I put together for intentional progress. And, um, and so we already walked through like, you know, all of these steps. And what I'm going to be doing now is I'll, I'll be teaching through all of this stuff. And for the first one about praying and discerning, uh, last night I was praying about this and I was like, Lord, how can I get started? How should I get started? Um, and, and the father said, well, go, go look at my son, take a look at Jesus. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at some life lessons from Jesus. Uh, this is probably going to take us a few days. Um, but I have four things to share with you in this morning as it relates to this. It all starts with praying and discerning. You don't want to get out ahead of God. You don't, you don't want to be behind God. Uh, let's talk about it. So life lessons from Jesus. Uh, number one, I have four things to share with you in this morning. Here's the first one. This is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. Four things. Number one, here we go. You are destined like Jesus was destined. Let's talk about Jesus for a minute and then we'll talk about us. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Why? Because the prophet Micah had already prophesied that the leader of Israel with an everlasting origin will come out of Bethlehem. So it was, it was ordained. It was prophesied that he would come out of Bethlehem. So he was born in Bethlehem and also Bethlehem has ties to David. And it was ordained that he would come from the house in the lineage of David as a young baby. There was a threat on Jesus's life by King Herod. So his parents took him to live in Egypt, right? And you're like, Oh man, why, why did he have to go to Egypt? Well, it was prophesied as well. The prophet Hosea, said that the son of God will come out of Egypt. So he had to go to Egypt. First, he had to go to Bethlehem to be born there. It was prophesied. Then he had to go to Egypt to come out of Egypt. It was prophesied. So when Herod was dead, 
Mary and Joseph took the boy back and they raised him in Nazareth. Why? Because it was prophesied that he would be a Nazarene. So that was prophesied as well. So, so all of these things were happening, but it was happening because it was ordained to happen. And so I'm saying he was destined, we're destined, right? So with all of that behind him, Jesus then started to, to grow up in, in Nazareth as a Nazarene. And as a young boy, think about this. He was fully God and fully man at the same time. As a young boy, it took tremendous focus and discipline and restraint to wait on the fullness of timing before he could start his ministry. He was God in the flesh. He left heaven, came to the earth, and he had to walk around as a common man, as a young boy. When he was 12 years old, his parents made their annual journey to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. And while they were there, you know, they were supposed to return home. But this time, Jesus stayed behind. You know the story. He stayed behind. He was there in the temple and he was having a conversation with the teachers of the law. And they were baffled that this 12 year old boy had more wisdom than they had. Right. And so so they were baffled by all of this. And the parents, it took them three days to find them. And they were like, what was wrong with you? What are you doing? And so they were amazed. The, the teachers were amazed. But, you know, his parents were like, what's wrong with you? Hey, we've been looking for you for three days. And he said, don't you know that I'm supposed to be about my father's business? But with that, he said, okay, fine. Let me submit to the process. I mean, think about how God, how much restraint it takes for you to know that you're God. And you say, okay, well, let me go ahead and submit to the process. I got to go through puberty, you know? And so he goes back and the Bible says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And he was in the flesh, right? And he humbled himself to the process of evolving and becoming the man that he was destined to be. And then we don't hear from Jesus again for another 18 years. So 18, now think about that for a minute. You got baby Jesus, all of the stuff that happened when King Herod was dead. Now he goes back to Nazareth. But from there, we don't hear from him until he's 12. And then from there, we don't hear from him again until 18 years later uh, when his cousin baptized him, right? So he was baptized by his cousin when he was, the Holy Spirit came, descended upon him in the form of a dove. And once he was filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that he was led of the Spirit to go into the wilderness to be tested. And so he went to get tested and he went into the wilderness, led of the wilderness. He was led of the Holy Ghost into a season of testing. And he came back after he passed the test in the power of the Spirit. So he did all of that before he started his ministry. He then recruited 12 disciples. He set up a ministry headquarters in Capernaum. Even that was destiny. Even that was part of uh, prophecy. Why? Because it was prophesied that um, that the Messiah would humble the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. And the, the land of Zebulun and Naphtali within the, the time of Jesus was a coastal region later known as Capernaum. So Jesus set up his ministry headquarters in Capernaum. Even that was destiny. Even that was prophecy. So after three and a half years of ministry, he waited 30 years for three and a half years of ministry. And at the end of that, he was crucified for us. And throughout the entire ordeal, Jesus exercised focus, discipline, and restraint. He never got out ahead of God. He never got out ahead of the Father. He never got out there to do anything on his own. He, he never lagged behind God where God is moving and he's not paying attention. And he never said, forget it. I'm going to do my own thing. Jesus was in sync with the Father every step of the way. Now, what does this mean? for you. Look at me. 
okay, your name may not be Jesus and, and the book of prophecy for you may not be called the Bible, but there's a book in heaven with your name on it. David said that all of the days of my life were mapped out before I ever took one breath. And so before you were born, yes, you are destined. I mean, so just like Jesus was destined, you are destined. But the goal is to, to learn from Jesus. We don't want to get out ahead of God where we're out there doing things on our own. The right thing at the wrong time becomes the wrong thing. So we don't want to get out ahead of God, um, but we don't want to fall behind God either where God is moving and we're not paying attention. And then we don't ever want to get so frustrated that we say, forget it. I'm going to just go do my own thing, you know? And so, no, we got to exercise focus, discipline, and restraint. When you're led by God, the way that Jesus was led by God through the Holy Spirit, then the grace for supernatural power is going to be on your life. You, you, you'll be able to walk in the level of favor that Jesus walked in. You'll be able to walk in the level of power that Jesus walked in because it won't be you doing it. It will be the Father living through you, but you can't get there unless you exercise focus, discipline, and restraint. So the life of faith is all about praying, discerning, listening, and waiting. Oh, I know I, wait is a four-letter word. I don't like wait, but it's, it's about, about waiting and exercising tireless restraint. Purpose restrains you. People with no purpose, they do everything. People with no purpose, they cast off restraint. But when you are purposeful, when you know who you are and what you're called to do, it restrains you. You can't do everything. They'd be like, girl, you should get in on this. Like, no, that's not for me. I'm going to celebrate you, but I can't get in on that. Why? Because I know who I am. I, I know what I'm called to do. And my purpose is restraining me. My calling is calling me. And so when I know that I'm restrained, then I, I'm going to wait on God's timing. Now, when God says go and God gives me the green light, glory to God, then, then it's about launching out believing God doing I'm talking about when God says go now I can go I'm gonna launch out I'm gonna believe God I'm gonna do whatever God tells me to do I'm gonna say whatever God tells me to say I'm gonna go wherever God tells me to go and and I'm gonna do it even at the risk of looking foolish you know what I'm saying so now yeah 2022 greater is coming so yeah there's gonna be moments where God says don't move or you well you got to restrain yourself but when God says go you got to go and even at the risk of looking foolish. You got to get out, out there and say what God is telling you to say and go where God is leading you to go and do what God tells you to do when you get there. That's the life of faith. You don't want to get out ahead of God. You don't want to fall behind God. You want to be in sync with God. And the church said, amen. Number two, Jesus did not do anything before he had a green light from the father. Let me give you some scripture on that. So John five verses 17 through 19. And then I'm also going to read verse 30. The Bible says, John 5 and 17, this is from the Passion Translation. Jesus answered his critics by saying, they were upset because he was working on a Saturday. He said, every day my father's at work. And so I'm going to be working because my father's working. I'm, I'm, I'm in sync with the father, right? And so this infuriated them and made them even more eager to kill him for he was breaking the Sabbath rules. But and the fact that Jesus called God my father, right? Which made him equal to God. That really upset them. Verse 19, Jesus said, I speak to you an eternal truth. The son is unable. Look, whoa, hold on for a minute. Let me slow down for the people in the back. The Bible says the son is unable. Jesus said, I am not able to do anything, right? On my own. He says, the son is unable to do anything from himself or through his own initiative. Let me say that. Again. Jesus didn't say, it's not like I don't want to do stuff on my own. I'm going to wait on God because I want to. No, no, no. He says, I am incapable of doing anything on my own. 
Everything I do, oh, glory to God. He says, everything I do, I'm doing it from the Father. He says, I only do the works that I see the Father doing. The Son does the same works as the Father, right? Verse 30 says, I can do nothing alone. He says, I can do nothing. I judge. I make decisions, and my decisions are good. You know why? Because they're not my decisions. My judgment is just because I'm not the one making the judgments. I am not here to please myself. I'm only here to please the one that sent me. And so this is how we're supposed to live. This is the life of faith. Now, listen, once again, life lessons for 2022. Jesus waited 30 years before he started a three and a half year ministry. We don't like to talk about this. This is the type of discipline, focus and restraint I'm talking about. If you want to become the man, the woman that God called you to be, you got to be so focused on doing what God has called you to do that you refuse to get out ahead of him. Like, and, and I know it's not easy when you know that you're called to do something greater, right? When, when, when you know that greater is coming, but it's not the time yet, it's not easy for you to consistently be somebody that you know is that you have greater on the inside, but you got to be disciplined enough to not launch out until God says go. Everyone wants everything today overnight. We've, you've all heard people say that this is the microwave society and all of that, but God God does give you a breakthrough overnight. It's just that that nightmare is not going to come maybe for 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years. And so after 20 years, God will make you an overnight success. And the truth is that people don't want to acknowledge that. God is preparing you. And the greater the, the assignment, the greater the preparation period, right? So the, the greater the assignment, the greater the preparation period. When God releases you into your calling, you must be so convinced that it is God and it is your time that at that point, you're not going to be moved by people. Paul, the apostle Paul, remember, was Saul of Tarsus. And so when he was called to preach, he said, when God called me, I could not confer with flesh and blood. He said, when God called me, I couldn't, I couldn't allow people to put a no where God had put a yes. When, when Jesus was called, Jesus was God in the flesh. And after he waited 30 years to become who God called him to be, he finally walked out there, glory to God. He read the book and he, was, he went home and they said, Minister Jesus, Brother Jesus, can you read the scripture today? And he said, yes, uh, I'll read the scripture. And they give him the scroll and he opened up the little scroll. And whoever read last Sabbath, last Saturday, left a little pin on it. And wherever they stopped, and they actually, it just so happened that they ended at the end of Isaiah chapter 60. And so he opens up the scroll, and the little pin is sitting there on Isaiah 61 and 1, glory to God. And Jesus reads the scripture, and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set the captives free, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, to set at liberty them that were bruised. He closed the scroll, gave it back to the minister, sat down, and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon him. And he began saying unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears, in your ears. While you were present, while you were hearing what I just read, that's me. And they said, how can that be? That can't be. That's Mary's son. That's Joseph's board. That's the guy that fixed my dining room table. That's the guy that's, that fixed my roof three years ago when it was leaking. There's no way that that person can be the Messiah. See, there are going to be people when you finally launch out, they're going to be people who do not accept you because they cannot they can't accept your future because they can't get past your past. And at the end of the day, you cannot be moved. Don't judge your future by your past. Judge your future by your calling. And even if people 
cannot accept you. Listen, because of your past, you pray for them and you keep going. You got to know that whoever called you is going to keep you. And so God, you got to keep your eyes fixed and focused on him. Saul said, I cannot confer with flesh and blood. There's going to be times where you can't, you can't be moved by people. You, you can only be moved by God. And so when God calls you to do something, he's going to call you to do something that people are going to think, why would God use him? Why would God use her? Listen, either some people are going to honor it and some people are not are not going to honor it. And those that honor it, praise God, you can walk with them. And those that don't, just pray for them and keep stepping. You got to keep going. And the church said, amen. Number three, God will develop you in your season of obscurity. Jesus was developed during 30 years where no one knew his name for the season of three years where everyone was going to know his name. So think about the type of discipline and restraint it takes to live as a carpenter when you know that you're called to do something greater. Think about the type of discipline and restraint that it takes to get up every morning and go fix people's roofs and tables and cutting wood and all of that when you know that you're called to do miracles, right? Jesus spent, look, think about this for a minute. Jesus spent more time as a carpenter than he did as a miracle worker. Let me say that again. Jesus spent more time as a carpenter than he did as a miracle worker. That's the type of discipline and restraint and focus that you got to have. Jesus had to be faithful to the father when no one knew his name so that the father could make his name great. See, God develops you. I've told you this before. God develops you in a dark room. God develops you in your season of obscurity. You're not ready for the spotlight until you're ready for the dark room. And so you got to watch this. Let me say it another way. You're not ready for the spotlight until you can handle the silence. Let that sink in. You're not ready for the spotlight until you can handle the silence, until you can handle the season where it seems like God is not doing anything. Where until you can handle the season of silence where it sounds like God is not speaking, God is not moving, it doesn't look like anything has happened. God is working when it doesn't look like he's working. And if you can't handle the silence, you can't handle the promotion. You can't, if you can't handle the season of, of obscurity, then you're not ready for the notoriety. Let me close with David. I'm, I'm going to use David as an example as I close. God will process you. This is number four. God will process you in private before he gives you a public platform, right? So David is a good example of this as well. Jesus is one, and I'm using David too. God can do anything through anyone, right? But he's not looking for your ability. He's looking for your availability. Remember, he has all the power. God is looking for us to be disciplined and focused and, and faithful uh, in private so that God can process us for public success. So right after David had an encounter with Goliath, David's name immediately, overnight, his name became great. He went from obscurity to national hero overnight. There were crowds calling out his name, but God did not prepare David for the national stage on, you know, for that level. He didn't prepare him for the national stage on a national setting. No, he prepared him out there in the fields when he was out there by himself with the sheep. So you must be faithful to God when no one knows your name so that God can make your name great. David honored God on the plains with the sheep, with the sheep well before he got a national platform. And so 
Yes, if you can't be faithful in private, God can't trust you with public success. At the end of the day, God is processing you. What am I saying here for 2022? As I close out today's message, there's some things that we can learn from this. At the end of the day, we got to be faithful, focused, disciplined, and we have to exercise restraint. If we want to become who it is that God has called us to be, and we want to maximize